BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Recording this on a Wednesday afternoon, and the news just recently broke that bassist from ZZ Top, Dusty Hill, transitioned today, and we just wanted to show a little bit of love. Admittedly, I'm not very well versed into the ZZ Top catalog. I know the hits, but I always fox with them, and they always just seem like some cool guys. So, R.I.P. to him, his bandmates, and his family. We hope that you find some solace. So, R.I.P. Greetings. And salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Three Man Weave. <gasps> Three Man Weave is brought to you by the good folks at Chairshot Radio Network in conjunction with thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Use your head. Y'all gotta be sick of wearing them religious ass shirts out during the summertime aka they're holy so why don't you update your wardrobe a little bit while simultaneously supporting your favorite website for news reviews opinion and analysis with attitude by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and picking up an official like a referee whistle chair shot t-shirt I think that's the closest I ever got to nailing that. Again, if you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at The Chair Shot, the best way to make sure we keep providing that content day in and day out here at The Chair Shot is to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot and pick up an official Chair Shot t-shirt. Not only will you be helping the cause, not only will you be supporting the movement, but as our commissioner always likes to state, you're going to make yourself much more aesthetically pleasing. Might lead to some teasing. Might need to some greasing. It might get off the heezy for sheezy. You never know. But 
make sure y'all go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shop. Please and thank you, thank you, please. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by the Commissioner PC Tunney and Mr. Ray Cash. And gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about. This is going to be an action-packed episode of The Weave this afternoon or this evening while y'all listening to it. So I don't know, y'all just want to hop into it? Where do we begin? Slash shit going on. Well, first and foremost, good to be back with the boys. Good to be back with the family. Good to be back home. Sorry I missed last week for those of you. I I, I definitely want to acknowledge the fact that my team lost to Pineapple Christinis. I need to acknowledge that. And I want Pineapple people to understand. Christina. All right. I, I wasn't. Christine. Christine. Oh, you're, you're, you're a food fan. Pineapple you're Christine. Food fan. Oh, okay. Sure. I, I... Um. I'm, I wasn't right ducking Kim. I missed the show. I fell asleep and forgot to reach out to them. So when they acknowledge that on the show, congratulations. I did that on a couple other shows, but out of love and respect for my brother, congratulations on the Bucks. Now, with that being said, yes, Chris, a lot of shit to talk about. Well, let's get right to it. Don't worry, Ray, the crow that you could have eaten last week, you can eat right now. As I told you, I told you Sunday afternoon, I said, he'll be there Tuesday. Don't you worry. Everything's fine. And sure enough, he's back. Aaron Rodgers returns to Green Bay yesterday early in the morning. Private jet goes to meeting yesterday. Quite the press conference today. I don't know if you boys had a chance to listen to the press conference and the things that he had said why don't we get you guys' thoughts on Aaron Rodgers being back? And, and I'll kind of bat last here. If uh, Ray, if you want to kick this off, but if you don't mind, while Ray is speaking, could you possibly, Tony, pull up some of the quotes that Aaron Rodgers said during said press conference? Because I, I've been working my shoot job all day, so I, I didn't have an opportunity to check out anything that happened. Well, okay, so as I'll do as you requested. First and foremost, Mr. Tunney, once again, you were correct. I was wrong. No problem <laughs> saying that. You were right. I didn't think he was showing up at all. I thought he was going to pull a full Carson Palmer, but I also didn't expect for the Green Bay Packers to pull the greatest Jedi mind trick ever pulled by a, by a, a, a professional or sporting organization. <laughs> I think I know what you're about to say about this one. I did read about this, yes. Bro, let me tell you. The concessions that they made, if they are legitimate and they stand by them, is probably one of the greatest advancements in in player in player um, operations or, or, or anything involved with players maybe we've ever seen. They literally basically said, you, you ha- your problems you had, you right, we're going to fix them because you said them. We're going to give you the opportunity to leave how you want. We, prom- we promise we won't trade you. We promise we'll- we promise we'll trade you unless you want to be traded. We promise we took away a year. You can do what you want. You got the right. Let me play you guys a minute of hopefully this is the highlights that we want to hear here. Right after this commercial. So keep going, Ray. <laughs> but the reason I think it's a Jedi mind trick is that Nothing, even if it is in the contract, is set in stone. It's all contingent on if the team lives up to what they agreed they would do. So ultimately, this could be Dak Prescott again. We could be here next year, and we still might have the same issue. So he either has to have a lot of trust in a team who, 
another thing about this, and I don't mean to diss the Packers in general, because I think the Packers are a fantastic football team. And they've been a great organization, but I think they are maybe possibly they have the ability to be the most duplicitous organization in football for one reason. They're not owned by one person. So there's not one person running the business. The the general manager and the president can do whatever they want with full autonomy. Uh, not really. I mean, almost. It's it's more of like a board of directors. There's basically like Mark Murphy's the president and he's in charge, right? But like he has to run mm-hmm. things past like four or five other guys that are above him. But they don't each have a singular vested. It's kind of like a it's a basically a board of directors that runs the team. Mark Murphy's just the head of that. So it's it's complicated and it's stupid because it led to this. Like if you have an owner, this doesn't fucking happen. So here, exactly. I, uh, let's let's listen to this. This is a minute worth. Here we go. Last few months, when you seriously considered retirement, that this might, you might have, and and at what point did you change your mind or decide to actually come back? Yeah, that was definitely something I thought about. Um, you know, I talked about how important being a full timer was for a, lo- a long time. This was the first time to to spend the off season away uh, without a COVID year or a lockout year. Um, and I enjoyed it. You know, I really did. I, I took time working on myself and, and trying to, to better myself in a number of areas where I feel like I could improve based on my own patterns and conditioning. Um, and it was a lot of, a lot of growth in that process. I continued to find joy and happiness and things off the field. Uh, however, there's still a big competitive hole in my body that I need to fill. And as I got back into my workouts, um, I just realized that I know I can still play and I want to still play. And as long as I feel like I can give 100 uh, percent to the team, then I should still play. So I can add a little bit to that because I've, I've heard a majority of this stuff. That is a really stupid uh, uh, no, no, laid back kind of myself, man, and, and laugh. I'll, Go ahead. Tanya. I'll give you I'll, I'll just kind of give you the rest of, of the things and that he said. Right. Like he was upset with like core players that weren't resigned, like Clay Matthews and Jordy Nelson. Um, like they're getting Randall Cobb back because he's in on the, the decisions now. Right. Like he 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 basically went to them in February and said, if I'm a lame duck quarterback and you're not going to let me have any help on the decisions today for this season, then why don't you go ahead and trade me? Right. So he, he basically also said people come here to play in green Bay with me and this team. Right. So basically he's saying his biggest thing about with the team was he wanted to be able to help the team more and be an ambassador for free agency and let him in on it. And he said, he's never been in on any of those conversations. Now let's let Chris Platt go ahead and go off on Aaron Rodgers and his laid back, uh, weird philosophical answers that he gives to these type of questions. It's like, you know, Belichick does his thing. Rodgers does his thing to answer these questions this way. Yo, (laughs) listen, listen. Okay. You can't con a con man. You can't, Hustle a hustler and game recognizes game. This is on par with J Lo and Ben Affleck all of a sudden being back together. Like both of these sides are lying their ass off. What did you hear in that Aaron Rodgers press conference that sounded genuine? Like he really felt. This what happened, okay? He wanted to get the fuck up out of here. They told him, listen. 
you're a goddamn Super Bowl champion, multiple-time MVP, coming off an MVP season. You damn near made the Super Bowl. The coach fucked you off. That's why you didn't make the Super Bowl, because he made the ultimate tuck-my-sack move at the end of that game versus Tampa Bay. And, yo, we're going to trade you. The only Mellon Farmers that have assets enough to where we can send your ass to are teams like the Jets, like just some bullshit-ass teams. Nobody else has the assets to trade for who you are right now. So the Packers lying, too. Like, the Packers basically told Aaron Rodgers, yeah, baby, I'm going to stop cheating on you. I love you so much. I can't lose you. I'm going to do right, baby. I want to let you go. I'm going to do right this time. It's going to be different this time around, baby, okay? Don't worry about it. That, that's basically what they're well, saying. Both sides are lying their ass off. But, and to be fair, I think that both sides benefit from this relationship, even though neither side trust each other, because they're not going to send him to a contender because contenders don't have the assets to be able to get somebody like him. And obviously, they want him. They went out and, and re-signed Randall Cobb Salad, and that was to appease him. You know, that's like, okay, baby, yeah, I'm going to get you that new car you wanted. They, or, yeah, they I'm also give also flowers every other week, you know. They also voided the third year of his contract. That's 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 the Tom Brady thing, though, right? Tom Brady kind of had the same thing happen to him, more or less, in New England, which was kind of when you knew the well, writing was on the wall for him. Well, that, he wanted it, right, and he also gets it done without losing any money on it, so... So basically, we're we're going to keep this tumultuous relationship together. We're both going to talk shit to each other, but we're going to put out a unified public front. And in these two years, hopefully we can groom that melon farmer that we brought in to replace you. And then we'll worry about trade you. But we're still contenders right now. You know we're still contenders right now. So let's see what we can do these next two years. Aaron, listen to me, bro. Look, bro. You lose them how you got them. Remember how you felt a certain way when they brought you in to be Brett Favre's replacement and Brett Favre wasn't fucking with you? He never said that publicly, but if you can read between the lines, you know what was going on there. You lose them how you get them. You lose them how you get them. And he knows that. That's why all this shit blew up. So, yeah, everybody's playing nice right now because as of right now, that's the most advantageous situation for everybody, but yeah. I, I, got, yeah. I got a question for Tony real quick, because I don't remember. I can't remember 2005, six like I like as well as I, I, I should. I remember it was Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers. And because only one team needed a quarterback in the top 20, whatever, Aaron slipped. So he went from possible first pick to such and such and such. Were we looking at Aaron Rodgers like a sure thing back then? Because Jordan Love getting a lot of criticism right now, and he may well be really good. But Aaron Rodgers sat for three, four years, which allowed him to really get a grasp of the of the team, of the offense, of what he needed to be as a as a pro and as a star. He had the talent, but he had the rest of the stuff that came with him based on sitting and watching one of the five greatest ever. So was he talked about as a, a, a as a sure thing first round quarterback? Or was there any kind of concern? Well, they were never, just like Jordan Love, there was no planning for the fan base or anybody really to see them taking a quarterback. They just kind of took a quarterback, right? But it's fine. It makes sense. Did they have to move up? Um, I don't know. The, the, the whole getting Rodgers thing, I don't, never bothered me. Favre was always wishy-washy on another not. He, Favre talked about retirement like after Re, the year after Reggie White left. So it was like, dude, you know, we're five years later. Fucking shit or get off the pot. Um 
so they took yeah, Jordan. So they took Jordan Love. It's not about taking Jordan Love. It's not none of that is bothered Aaron Rodgers. It's been the way that they've dealt with the veterans that they've had on the he thought were the core of the team. It's losing the Jordy Nelsons and not resigning the Clay Matthews and letting the Randall Cobbs go and things of that nature, and him not being involved in the process. That's what it's been about, right? So you know, I. I whatever it is what it is i don't really give a fuck to be honest with you like i'm a green bay packer fan and i've told you guys he's gonna be there and this season they're all gonna be fine rogers doesn't have to do anything with the general manager he don't even have to see the motherfucker right all he does is talk with matt flynn or matt lafleur his teammates and that's about it like we're past that now now here we're playing football that's it line up Devontae's here boom we got a decent young receiver we'll see what he can do this year you know See if the defense can get a little bit better. That That's it. It's time for football. Like, I'm so over all the bullshit. As far as next year, if he doesn't want to be here, then trade him and sign and trade with Devontae Adams and trade him together and get a shit ton for him, right? If he wants to stay until he's 94, then stay till you're 94. I don't really give a fuck either way. Do I think Jordan Love is going to be good? Maybe. I'm not really sure. If I had to bet whether or not he'd ever make a Pro Bowl, I'd say no. You're really going to fix your face and say, like, everything you said was accurate. He wasn't let in on everything, and he should be because he's their franchise. But you really going to sit up here and fix your face and tell me that this had nothing, absolutely positively nothing to do with Jordan Love, which that's how he got the job, and it's the exact same scenario. Like, seriously, you don't well, think he, he sees that? He said even, from the beginning even, it's not been about the, it's not been about specifically taking Jordan Love, and it's not about money. That's it. Like, maybe he was upset that they didn't get more offensive weapons higher up in the draft for how many years, right? But at the same time, I, I, I also it came down to, to a lot. His ass off during a press conference. Well, then don't ask me. There's I that. only live here. Yeah, but you're too close to it, so you can't be objective. Oh, you're a man. You're a man on the street. Green Bay is like, what, in the backyard of Milwaukee? <laughs> Green, <laughs> Green Bay is about just over two hours north of Milwaukee. Yeah, backyard. By the way, for the record, depends on how fast you drive. <laughs> yeah, for you, for you, that might be backyard. I don't. For the record, fast. um, it's got it's crazy that y'all have had in a thirty-year span two of possibly the ten greatest quarterbacks ever, and they both felt like they've been run out of town. So either you just got two of the most mercurial fucking human beings ever, or there's something in the water at Title Town. I, I do don't. It. it may be both. Not me. I didn't do it. To, to be fair, though, the the quarterback position kind of loans itself to being mercurial, just by the nature of that position and the importance like, that has been this, put upon it in American football. Yeah, this isn't sure, his. But, this isn't his ninth or tenth year. This isn't even his thirteenth or fourteenth year. This is his seventeenth season. No, and you're both of y'all are right. I'm not saying anything. You, I, I completely agree. However. Most other situations, it's they, they don't feel like they're being run out. They're like they feel like they're being pushed out of Green Bay. Other situations, like we're gonna cut bait, we're gonna do with such and such and such, we're gonna do this. They're be, like Brett Favre got pushed out. Like Aaron Rodgers is being pushed out. This is just a weird thing. It's a weird kind of dichotomy. I don't you think about it. No, I don't think they really got pushed city. out. Brett Favre retired. And then he wanted to come back after retiring, and so we traded his ass to fucking Jets. You know, you don't think he earned the right to, to not want to come to training camp? Aaron, what? I ho- hope this gets back to you, Aaron. These hoes ain't loyal. Oh. 
These hoes ain't loyal. Uh, and then him and Devontae are going to go to another quarterback, Horace City in Denver. Watch. Yeah, well, all right. Well, let's talk. When the Washington team football team wants you, and the Packers can't do nothing for you. (laughs) All right, let's talk about another controversial quarterback in the NFL. Deshaun Watson also reports to camp to avoid the fines, still wants to be traded. The Texans are very much willing to trade him now. I wonder why. Uh, What what do you guys don't say. You know, oh, he's on the, uh, he's in the market news. now, right? The sun came out today. Yeah, out of the, uh, came up from the east as well. Amazing. Looks like it's going to set in the west. What are you guys' brief thoughts on Deshaun Watson's status and the Texans? What are they going to do with him? Let's get let's just uh, briefly go around the horn here. You know, you know what that reminds me of, and uh, just a quick analogy. Living in Houston, one thing you know is hurricanes going to happen, right? But so many of the dumbasses here in, in the southeast, in just the Gulf Coast area. No, I never leave my house. And then the hurricane come, and then it's five feet of water outside. And then you're like, come get me. That's the Texans right now. Two words that I could explain this whole situation. Uh, presidents, I'm not president, but the commissioner's list. This is why people hate Roger Goodell in a complete nutshell. Because this man should not be playing. This man should not be on a football field. It's not should be anywhere near the damn football organization until we figure out what the fuck is going on. So put this man on the list and be done with it. But Roger Goodell has su- he has full autonomy and nothing he does makes sense. There is no consistency in anything he's done when it comes to a disciplinary situation. Zero boys raping chicks and they get a couple games. Like it makes no sense, dog. People killed a dude and they was in the league. There is no consistency. And this is why people hate Roger Goodell. And I, I don't have no words for Deshaun. Zero. None. I have nothing to say about that guy. Well, you're never going to hear me come on any podcast I do and, and take up for Roger Goodell. So, all right, <laughs> fair enough. Like, yeah, that's not what it's going to be. Now, in terms of the allegations, you know, I, I don't know what's going on there. The only thing I say is the same thing I say anytime something like this comes out, man. I just hope and pray that the truth comes out. And justice is served no matter what that is. Now, from a business standpoint, I mean, it can't be overlooked that the Texans, the the, the melon farmer that's representing a lot of these women in this civil suit is a good personal friend of the owner of the Houston Texans. So you basically just cut your nose off despite your face. I'm strictly, I'm not talking from any moral aspect or standpoint. I'm talking from a pure business standpoint. You literally cut your nose off despite your goddamn face. And now you're like, okay, we want 86 first round draft picks for him after we done tanked his value. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are y'all doing down there in Houston, man? Is, is this motherfucker's brain waterlogged from all the hurricanes, Ray? What's happening? We're we're an expansion team. The motherfuckers stupid. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like, we like, we it make made this Andre good? Johnson retire. We don't know what we're doing. We traded DeAndre Hopkins for a bottle of Soul Glow and a Gatorade. We don't know what we're doing. What'd you get more it's use out of? Soul glow. Did you get more use out of the Soul Glow or the Gatorade? No, the it, Soul it was Glow because that will last forever. It was that expired. Merch, 
Let's hit one more topic here. Uh, the lack of vaccinations in the NFL. Lamar Jackson test positive. A large contingency of the Washington football team is not vaccinated, and their coach is a cancer survivor. Um, still going through things of that nature. What are you guys' thoughts on the whole COVID and, and, and what the NFL has ahead of them this season? I'm not going to get into the whole vax, anti-vax conversation. That's a can of worms I'm not trying to go into. I do feel a certain way about the NFL. I mean, they're basically forcing these guys to get vaccinated, and I feel as if that's a, a personal choice. I don't like the precedent that that sets. You know what I mean? Yes, they're a privately owned organization, and yeah, whatever, whatever. I just I just don't like that precedent that it sets. And, I, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at, man. I'll put it like this, and I don't want to get that. You're right, it's, it's a bag of worms, and it's just a can bag, whatever. However, I'm okay in openly admitting that I am completely behind the science of vaccinations, um, and they're privately owned. So the thing that the, the thing what, what I don't understand is being a football player, you have to do so many things in order to be a football player scientifically. There are so many tests you have to take to pass. There are so many drugs you put in your system to go through to, to get past the day. So it's like, it's funny the hills people are willing to die on. Because it's like, I'll, yeah, if, if, if I get knocked out in, in, a, in, a, get in a game and I can't feel my foot, I'll pump myself full of whatever drug you give me. Don't know what's in it. But I won't take this one vaccine, this one vaccine which most if not all the science shows, it's fine, and I won't do it, but I'll, I'm willing to lose millions of dollars for it. It's funny, the hills people are willing to die on, and it, we're really going to see how much people really love football. Simple as that. How bad do you love football? All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. As Chris Platt decides to save that last thought for another time here, uh, that's what we got for the NFL. Training camps has started. It's kind of nice that NBA lasted so long, so we didn't have to have the super doldrums of the summer that we do in late July. But we're going to be right back. You're listening to Three Man Weave, ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude why because you're smarter than the average fan thechairshot.com always use your head 
Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Gentlemen, the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, 2021, if you're a stickler, is happening right now. And we are in the midst of all these games. And the women's gymnastics and one Simone Biles, possibly one of the greatest gymnasts of all time for the USA, has decided after a poor vault where she completely changed what she was doing, uh, she she had to step aside and and let her teammates step up and step in and and finish out. They ended up with the silver medal. I I see this being more than like I, I know we're talking a lot about mental health, right? And she came out and she said she's just not in the right headspace to do the things that she wants to do. When it comes to gymnastics, it also it's not necessarily like mental health for her as far as like, and I'm just I'm just inter- interpreting the way I'm seeing it. She doesn't look like she's depressed. She doesn't look like she doesn't believe in herself. It looks like she doesn't believe in her body right now. And she doesn't feel like, I think she's had a few injuries, and I don't think she feels like she's capable of doing that and having the confidence in her body to complete the amazing things she's done because she's done most of the amazing things. That's what she does. That's why she's so great. Everything she does is an amazing maneuver and technique inside that sport. So that's kind of where I take it from. Don't don't count what I'm telling you as an opinion, uh, whether or not that is the case. So I don't I don't I'm not mad at her. I, I don't think that this is someone that should have sucked it up and, and finished it out. And to compare it to someone who is uh, rolled an ankle or or, or, or sprained a, a shoulder or whatever that goes back into a basketball game or a football game or, or a hockey, you know, something like that. You're talking about something completely different, right? If I go out for a pass and I can, I run a half step slower and jump three to six inches lower when I go to get the ball, that doesn't mean I'm going to traumatically injure myself and possibly cripple me for the rest of my life. If Simone Biles comes off that vault and is moving her body at a very high speed and turning that end over end round and round at the same time, you can have catastrophic results there. So there is a major, major, major difference between the, the comparing these sport sporting wise. So that's kind of what my take on it, guys. Let's go around the horn and, and really let me know what you think. I, I, am I wrong? Am I right? What did you like? What don't you like? What do you think could have been done here? Well, uh, I want to touch on the mental health aspect for just a second, because it is a important aspect of this, of this conversation. It's, it's getting embarrassingly bad that we as a society continue to just dismiss mental health as a legitimate issue of people in situations like this, partially because we've come to expect these people who we look at like heroes and in some respects, gods, we expect them to be perfect all the time. It's a, I mean, to bring it down to a different level, 
we the whole clutch game, the whole clutch gene argument we have in basketball. LeBron misses a last minute three. Well, he's human again. Well, no. But so the rhetoric about, about a bunch of this shit is ridiculous. I think, in my opinion. But from a mental respect, if we look at the situation exactly the same, everything happened exactly the way it did. But instead of her saying, "I took myself out because of mental health," she says, "I took myself out because I think I put my hamstring." Does anybody give a fuck today? They don't, which is part of the issue, because a lot of people are feeling that are feeling like, or seemingly are feeling like, I'll give there like there's a drastic difference between your physical health and your mental health. But anybody who has ever been through something or dealt with a mental behavioral issue or has been around somebody who has dealt with those things understands that if your mental health, you can fight through physical pain. When your mental ain't working, your mental affects your mental and your physical, and you laid out very eloquently, Tunny, that of all the sports, we're not talking about Simone and, and her rhythmic dancing, right? We're not talking about her floor routine. We're talking about her doing the vault and the horse, two of the most dangerous sports. And I feel like my other point real quick is we see Carrie Strug when we look at gymnastics. And we think, oh, well, you got to push through. Carrie Strug had a damn near broken ankle and still pushed through and, and did it for the country. This, this is a third Olympics. So, like, and she was in a group setting. So she realized, I'm not right. I don't want to fuck it up for these people who have never done this before. I got my stuff. I'm not right. All the things I'm dealing with personally. And she laid it out in, in her press conference. Unlike what Naomi Osaka, I wish she would have had the chance to do. Simone laid it out. There are no fans. I have no family here. Um, all the worries about the COVID situation going on. Then, then I have to relive every day Larry Nasser and all the things he did to me and my compatriots. Then on top of that, the only reason she's she's admitted, the only reason she's still doing this to this moment is because she wants to put the foot to fire to the USA Olympic Committee that they won't do anything about what's happened to all the girls before them if nobody from that group is still doing this. So she's made herself a martyr for the new girls coming in. All this pressure. So I have no problem with her saying, I'm not right. Let's get the best people in here to do that. There's no difference between that and a quarterback, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, someone saying, I can't, perfect example, Colt McCoy in the, in the, when they played Alabama in the final, he couldn't even grip the ball to throw it. So there's no difference between what Simone said and that and saying, I can't perform right now. Get somebody in here who can perform and is better right now. But, man, there's so many things that I feel this country societally has put over the important things. Ultimately, not a man sport is important in life. L look at all these poor women at the time, girls, in the past 20, 30 years, whose lives have been irreparably changed by what they went through in this gymnastics. These girls start when they're 14, 15 in the Olympics. Their lives are never the same. Simone Biles is, what, 23? So, like... Is it really that big a deal that she stepped out and let another girl get a spot? 
this is that big of a conversation with everything going on in the world right now. This is so blasphemous that she deserves to be going from a national hero, the greatest female Olympian ever in some people's eyes, to a pariah. Like, what are we doing? Is it that serious? Go ahead. Black. So, n- number one, Ray, I'm glad you brought up the Larry Nasser point. That was a, a very pertinent point to make because that's literally the only reason that she's here because she knows her status and who she is within that sport. If she wasn't there to bring light on that, they would have tried to sweep that shit under the rug. Mm-hmm. That That's a very important, important point to make. Number two, I'm not ever going to begrudge somebody or or talk down to somebody or desecrate somebody that's going through mental health issues. I can't. I would be a hypocrite as somebody that has been very vocal on all the airways I'm on about my mm-hmm. struggles with mental health. And mm-hmm. both of y'all know that because both of y'all have reached out to me from time to time when I was going through some things or even yeah. not even if I'm going through some things, just checking up on me like, hey, you, you all right. So, yeah, like, mental health is real. Like, I'm not going to. Yeah, we're not going there. Um, so I watched the I watched the prelims as well as the medal round. And quite man, whether you're gay or straight, if you have a significant other, you're going to watch Olympic women's gymnastics. That's just what it is. You know what I mean? It, it, it just is what it is. It's one of um, the most yeah. competitive and one of the best Olympic sports or competitions to watch. Absolutely. And you know she. Okay, you could tell she was a little off her game in the prelims. She still scored very well and did better than the the vast majority of the people that were out there. This situation, th- this is this is weird to me. You know, I feel like there's something else going on. It's just it, this just isn't computing to me. I, I know initially there was the mental health thing that was brought out there, and then they walked that back and said that okay, well, it's a uh, it's a, a physical issue. But then the mental health thing is taking precedence over the physical issue. So I, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, number three, I hate that this has become such a partisan issue. And I've tried to kind of ignore the scuttlebutt because I already know what's, what, what's going to happen. All, you know, the liberal side, they're going to be patting her on the head like she's a fucking child. Like, you know, it's OK. And then on the conversely, on the conservative side, they're going to be out here. Oh well, you know, if, if she was white, you know, my, you know, everybody would be dog and it's reverse racism. And I'm I'm sick of all of that shit, you know, mm-hmm. on, on both sides. I'm sick of all of that bullshit. Mm-hmm. But just knowing what I know about athletes, and I mean, this is a premium top tier athlete. There's gotta be something else going on here. And I'm I'm not gonna speculate on what that is. Frankly, it's none of my business. We'll probably never really know what happened, but there's got to be something else going on here because this this just isn't making sense to me. And I mean, it, you know, I watched the finals a couple of nights. Was it last? Was it last night or the night before? It doesn't matter. Clearly, you could see on her face that something was off. But just knowing what I know about athletes and in the proximity that I've been around several athletes of that caliber. Not even of that caliber, but, you know, she's top tier. You know, she's Kobe Bryant of her sport, you know? And what do we know about Kobe? He could go 0 for 40, but that 41st shot, you best believe it sure shit stinks. It's going up. So I feel like there's something else going on here. I just do, because this just doesn't compute to me in my mind, you know? And I I get the mental health thing, but you also have to understand, man, she's a world-class athlete. And that's their sanctuary, the court or the field, or in her her case, the mats. 
That's their sanctuary. That's where life makes the most sense more than anything else, because this is the thing that they've been doing longer than anything else they've ever been doing in their lives, with the exception of breathing. Like even the Naomi thing, it wasn't the actual French Open and the tennis yeah. that caused her to withdraw. It was all the ancillary bullshit that it, she didn't want to deal with. You know what I mean? Yep. So yep. That, that that just knowing what I know about athletes, man, this just doesn't it's not making any sense to me. And I hope I'm making sense in trying to convey what the fuck I'm trying to say. No, I think all three of us uh, did a good job of conveying our, our points on this. I think we all pretty much agree on this. And uh, hopefully Simone takes the steps she needs to get mentally back to where she needs to be. Let's stay with the Olympics. Let's talk a little bit lighter subject. We'll go around the horn here. A little bit of a lightning topic. Team USA loses to France. They get the W a big time against Iran. They're going to play the Czech Republic, who just lost to France by 20 today. Here's the question. Will Team USA win gold? Why or why not? All right, we'll just have to edit that. One of you, uh, <laughs> your rock, paper, scissors game is just not good for radio, so one of you fucking talk. Chris, go ahead. No. Oh. And the reason is this team's not that good. I mean, I have more to say, but you said lightning round. Okay. And look, I mean, we, we could go a little in-depth too, but I'll, to, answer, to answer much like my brother Platt did, gold medal, no. I don't think they win the gold. I think they will be on the medal stand, but I don't think they win gold. It's not that they're not good. They're not built right. Just like the women's soccer team is set up to beat Sweden and revenge their loss in the final, I believe America will beat France in the end, in the final, just because I want it to happen. Yeah, go ahead, Platt. Last, last word. JaVel McGee ain't winning no gold medal, dog. LeBron James ain't walking through that door. <laughs> Michael Jordan ain't walking through that door. Captain America, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, Have you seen the memes? Man? <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. Oh, yes. boy. All right, let's slide it on over to some professional basketball. are one day away from the NBA draft as we record this show, as you listen to this show, which drops every single Wednesday evening, 8 p.m. on all your favorite streaming platforms, that's Eastern Time, and at 11, 11 p.m. right there on thechairshot.com, where we encourage you to enjoy your day the chairshot way by always using your head. Gentlemen, I am like... I mean, maybe it's because my team, we won. We, I don't know if you heard the Bucks they won the championship. Um, but we don't even have a first-round pick. We have the 31st pick in the draft. Like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, Cunningham's going first. What else do you guys know? It just seems like the least hyped draft in a while. And I heard there's a lot of good players. I don't know shit about these kids. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> so so, so as, as the person who actually cares about basketball... <laughs> wow that's a joke wow. wow that's a joke i can't get a laugh jesus christ it's not funny um the top five <laughs> the top five honestly maybe there might not may not be a lebron or a jordan or a kobe but in terms of talent and in terms of like totality the top five could go down as one of the best classes ever it, like i don't think you'll have a top level player like 84 or 96 of 2003 
But in totality, you got a bunch of Chris Boshes. You got a bunch of Steve Nashes. Like you got a bunch of really good players. Well, let me run now, down. Let me run down the. Uh, let me run down the the ESPN's mock draft of the top ten. How's that sound? And then you can run down what you're talking about. Just to give people you an idea. Top 10, homie. Top five is all that matters. But go all ahead. Right. Do the top all 10. right, I'll give you the top five then. Detroit picks first. They're looking at Cade Cunningham, Oklahoma State. Houston second. Jalen Green out of the G League. I don't, that might be the highest G League pick ever. Uh, Evan Mobley. Yeah, but you know they're, they're flipping it now where they're going. They're not going to. He's not a washed out G League player. He's I went from the from high school to the G League. Right, so that's what paid. I'm saying. So it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Evan Mobley is a tall, tall drink of water that can handle the ball. Looking to go third to Cleveland, Chris. Uh, Jalen Suggs got that winning caliber going to Toronto, and Scotty Barnes. Exactly. Yeah, Scotty Barnes. Uh, they comparing him to Scotty Pippen, looking like he's going to go to the Orlando Magic. Uh, yeah, there you it's go. James Booknight's so in talent. there. Yeah, Franz Wagner. Yeah. Some so a lot of talent. They're young. It's going to take them a couple years to probably get really acclimated. But as you saw. This year, the rookies actually acclimated pretty well. Like, people thought Anthony Edwards wouldn't be as good as he was, and he was a really solid contributor. James Wiseman would have been really good, but he got hurt. So I think, especially on the teams they're going to, they'll be really good. But most important thing about this draft ain't got shit to do with the people we can draft it. The, the most important thing is the prospect Bradley Bill. Where is he going? Brad Bill, Ben Simmons. They will be traded either now or before draft day. So that's what I'm looking forward to because the draft picks are going to get flipped. You already see draft picks getting flipped with, uh, with Memphis and uh, Toronto, is it? Jonas got traded, I know, from Memphis to – no, Memphis and Oklahoma City. You already saw that happen. They, they swapped picks. So now, to good teams, picks are nothing more than collateral. And that's no diss to these guys, but at no great team, like Tony said – the Bucks aren't looking to go get Kay Cunningham. They're looking to use Kay Cunningham as a piece to get somebody they know that can contribute now. So, uh, and Detroit, he'll be great for Detroit in 10 years if they pick him. But I'm more concerned to see where these picks are going to be used. Golden State's picking number three, is it? Or four? Oh, I took it down. Don't worry I don't about know. it. They're, they're this is, very this high. Is how, this is how not excited I am for the NBA draft, and I'm usually all over this shit. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, Golden State's got a high pick. The they're looking to trade. So, yeah, the trades might be more of the um, the story. There is a kid, Besectus, out of Turkey. He's 18 or 19. He won the uh, Turkish Super League title and the MVP. Like, his projected stats are the best since Luka Doncic and Anthony Davis by by some of the projections. So there, there's a few uh, possible high ceilings, but I guess we'll have to see. Uh, Moses Moody's a guy who I like out of Arkansas, can shoot the ball. He's got a seven-foot wingspan for a wing player. So, And stop sleeping on these Euro people or these – or these. let me change it – these world players because it's not just <laughs> Europeans anymore, as these, Giannis showed us. These damn Euro people keep coming over to the NBA. <laughs> and, and, winning, and winning MVPs, right? The last three MVPs are from uh... Europe. So I'm just saying, like, stop sleeping. These boys can hoop. Um, where is French Rochilla when you need him? Deep cut for those of you who are really draft nerds. Bob, I'm I'm a Jay Billis guy, man. I'm all about wingspan. All about oh, the wingspan. Jay Billis is my guy, but Fran Rochilla, the, when they when they talk about <laughs> Fran, tell us what he does. So shout out to Fran Rochilla. Spurtability. 
<laughs> well, let me ask you. <laughs> but you you brought up some possible trades. Uh, both of you guys, man, the likelihood that Dame stays in Portland, what do y'all think? Yes, no, maybe? That's a good question there. I think that one's 50-50. Um, what do you think? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. One more year. They're going to give it one more go, and he out of there. He now, showed up. What Aaron, should... Aaron showed up yesterday. Well, Dame can't show up right now. He's in he's in Tokyo. He had a man like, bun. What can he do? He had a man bun. He's wearing he sunglasses. He did have a yeah, he's like he's, talking he's to this just... one guy, and then he walked around the corner, and he saw this one guy, but didn't say hi. But then the guy said hi, so then he gave him one of these. And then he walked right in the door. I, I'm not giving up any of my Ben Simmons <laughs> stock. I still have all my Ben Simmons stock, okay? I know, Tony, you're not the biggest fan of him. Ray, I don't know where you fall. Talent-wise, this kid has the opportunity, talent-wise, to be the best player in the league. I'm just throwing this out here. It needs to change his scenery, obviously. Oh, he needs to, Dame, he needs to change his work for, ethic, from what I heard. Dame for Simmons. Who says no? No. no. Who says I heard, no? I heard Simmons no. needs Portland to put in more work than just the whatever time he's mandatory to be there. I heard that's his problem. The, the trade is CJ for Ben Simmons because the money makes perfect sense. And Ben Simmons is nowhere near worthy of a top five player in the league like ben, like uh, Dame Willard. But you're on the right track. Put Ben Simmons on the Portland Trailblazers with Charles Billups coaching. Now, ben, now Dame can play off the ball. Now you have a guy that can defend anybody from one to five, and you speed the pace up of the game, which will which helps that offense I don't to get easier buckets. I like all five of my players on the court with the ability to shoot the ball. Like actually, just, no, not like not like to be good at it, but the ability to actually shoot it. I ain't mad at you, dog, but he ain't gonna do it in Philly. The best thing you got to get him somewhere else. Send him somewhere and- else. And Philly's not trade, or excuse, yeah, Philly's not trading Ben Simmons for McCullum. I, I don't see that happening. I don't know, dog. I don't know. People, us fans, sleep on how much, on how much um, franchises really covered McCullum, and Ben Simmons dropped his stock dropped so dramatically that like before, maybe a year, they were talking about trading him for James Harden last year. Now you're lucky to get him for a first-round pick and a starter. It's just keeping it a buck. He dropped his stock. I, I love McCollum. Don't you know? Don't 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 put me in there. I absolutely love McCollum's game. I don't think that small backcourt in Portland is going to work. If I'm Portland, though, I do run it back one more year just to see what happens because you never know how that. Look how the landscape of the West shaked out this year. I run it back one more year with a new coach, a new voice. Maybe he can spark a fire under them and, and see what happens. But yeah, they're not going to trade Ben Simmons for McCullum. Like the, people know how talented Ben Simmons is. I, I don't think they. I don't think they do that. He does everything. CJ McCollum fills every need that that Portland need that uh the Philadelphia needs. A guy that can shoot, a legit point guard that can get people involved. Now I know CJ's a two, but he's been a historical point guard in college. I I here we go look, again. Tony, we'll always disagree. I'm sorry. Sorry, Drew. Drew. Holiday, uh, NBA championship he, non-point guard. No, he's a point guard now. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh. I never said he wasn't a point guard oh. in Milwaukee. He just oh. wasn't before that. Uh, but no, it, it helps both of them. And then if you're if you're Portland, throw in a first-round pick to sweeten the deal to make it look a little more even. But that's the perfect deal. I also heard a trade somewhere with something with Milwaukee. Not no. Milwaukee, uh, with Miami. No. 
I don't know who you throw in there, but you're not trading uh, Butler or Bam. So what, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, you trading white boys? I don't know what, what they Robinson got. Is, uh, yeah, Duncan Robinson's restricted free agent, so that could be sign and trade kind of thing. Maybe. They want shooting. They need, with as the Milwaukee Bucks have shown us, you have a great dynamic big that can get any bucket he wants. Just give him shooters. That's all you need. Well, I'm sure we'll have more opinions on what unfolded from the NBA draft next week, but uh should be an interesting night tonight. And and great point, Ray. Not just with the, the young gentlemen that are entering into the NBA, but with some of the trap uh draft trades that could take place as well. We're gonna hit one more commercial break right now, folks. You are listening to Three Man Weave, Chairshot Radio Network, part of the chairshot.com. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com Thechairshot.com Always use your head So as one star in football returns to his team Two teams look to be exiting their conference in the college aspect of professional football, seeing as now these kids are getting paid. You like that? Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on Oklahoma and Texas basically giving their notice to the Big 12 and telling the SEC we'll be ready by 2025, July 1st? Let's just put this out there right away. It's likely going to be 2023 at the latest to, to, for that season because that's when the television deal is going to come in for them. And I heard they're going to get a whole lot more money on the deal with Texas and Oklahoma being a part of it. I also heard there is a $75 million to $100 million buyout fine that they could just pay and leave tomorrow if they wanted to. And I've heard other things of that gone to arbitration between schools and conference before. One notably was a $15 million fine buyout, and they paid $31 million. So where do you think we're going here as far as Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC? And where are we going in college football in general, as far as these conferences are split down. I mean, I think we need a whole new system. You got 128 teams, make them eight, 16 team divisions or conferences that leads to eight team playoff. Everybody's getting paid. That gives all these schools a fair chance. What do you guys think? <laughs> Ray, I love you. You know, I do, but in, in terms of the Texas part of this thing, man, Texas is basically the Southern University of Michigan. And what I mean by that is that you already know where I'm going. You already know where I'm going. You're nowhere near as important as you used to be. A college whose alumni this is a college whose alumni got hella bread and because they got hella bread in deep pockets, they think that they should be a perennial national championship contender. And the shit just don't work like that anymore. It just is what it is. It don't work like that no more. Oh, Michigan South, that's the funniest shit I've heard in a long time. <laughs> it's so good, funny. though, right? It's, that's it perfect. Is, can, I, can, can I be honest with you? You make We joke with you a lot, but you really make a lot of great fucking points on here. That's one of the best points I've ever, best ones I've ever heard you say on this show, for the record. So. Well, and, thank you, and, and one thank more you. thing. I don't give a fuck about Texas. Technically, I hate them, but technically, I'm in the Aggie family, so fuck uh, Texas as far as I'm concerned. And, and poor Aggies, because they ran to the SEC, tried to escape Texas, and now oh, look where they at. 
<laughs> big brother came into town Jesus. and brought their big homie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the best. I'm, I know. Now, I'm sorry. No, you good. You good. So I, I think I understand what's going on here. Shout out to the Supreme Court, which basically opened up Pandora's box in terms of these men and women, for that matter, being able to get paid. I think what's happening is here is that we're seeing the powers that be. This is kind of a preemptive strike. They're trying to consolidate and and kind of you know batten the hatchets for what's about to come to try to maintain some sense of leverage, you know. So you can say, all right, yeah, okay, maybe we can't pay you as much as O State, or maybe we can pay you as much as O State, or you know whatever, whatever, but. You're going to be in the AC, at the SEC. It's the premier conference in football. We send, they send a lot of people to the league. Yada yada yada. Y'all, y'all get where I'm going with that. Now, conversely, and you know, maybe I'm looking at this totally wrong, man. But I'm thinking that Oklahoma and and Texas, to a lesser extent, I, I think you're kind of fucking yourselves on this one. Okay, you're thinking that yeah, you're consolidating power, and you're also thinking that you're going to be able to tap into that southern that southeastern recruiting base i don't see it going like that i actually see it going the exact opposite so you're gonna have nick saban and a lot of these sec coaches coming into your backyard coming into texas coming into kansas and and whatever the fuck other strongholds you think you have in the midwest right now for talent you're gonna have these sec schools coming in there and and raiding that cabinet and i mean let's keep it a buck and a half man if I'm a young man, a highly touted recruit, where would I rather go to school? What? Gainesville, Florida, right? Beautiful weather, beautiful women on the beach. We got beaches and bitches. I'm a stone's throw from Miami. I'm a short drive up to ATL. All this going on is still the SEC. Or do I want to play out in the middle of nowhere? in Buckfuck County in Norman, Oklahoma. I, I think that this is going to bite Oklahoma and Texas, again, to a lesser extent, in the ass. And quite frankly, Oklahoma, is, for the past 15 years, Oklahoma has been the most overrated college football program not named Notre Dame. I swear to God, it seems like they go to the BCS every year and get the brakes beat off of them. You know what I mean? So how is that going to work, y'all going through an SEC schedule? That seems like a two, three, maybe even four loss season, just being honest. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. So I understand why they're making this move, but ultimately I think that it's going to bite those teams in the ass. So <clears throat> as I follow with the fantastic point that my brother just made, I'd like to flip that point. Because number one, I don't, I'm not going to say you're wrong with what you said, but I, just, I look at it differently. Number one, let me say that, that Texas and Oklahoma are groupies. They're groupies because they're always looking to latch on whoever's doing good. Because they've been running from the Big 12 for a long fucking time. They applied to the fucking Pac-12 a few years ago. They're trying to get out of Dodge because they understand that, and this is important to note, nobody's checking for the Big 12 anymore. Which is why I disagree with your point. I don't think it's about recruiting, which it, ultimately everything is in a way, right? In a way, everything's about who you can get. But I think it's more about the college championship because they understand that it's SEC or bust. SEC repeatedly gets two teams in this college football championship. 
I had the, I had the conversation with a bunch of the guys in one of our group chats a couple of days ago that we understand that everything in, in, in the NCAA is top heavy, but it really is about depth. And what I mean is what I mean it's about depth is when it gets down to these these the college football playoff, which again is voted on by people. There's no numbers. There is no like reputable way that they judge. They literally judge with a bunch of guys in the room. When I say guys, I mean men and women. And they pick who the four best teams are. That's literally it, right? And so we know consistently, oh, yeah, well, two teams are going to the SEC. Now you throw Texas, no, you in there. Uh, maybe maybe three, right? You ain't seen a Big 12 ch- person in, in a championship game or in the playoffs in years. The only one you ever see from the Big 10 is Ohio State. So, like, it's really, it's really been over the past few years, SEC versus the Pac-12. So, at this point, it's like gang warfare. Who I want to rock with? I want to be a Crip or a Blood. Ah, well, you know what? I'm close to the Crips. I'm going to rock with them. That's what it feels like to me. And, ultimately, everything about college football, college athletics, is about money. You get more money based on the bigger games you're in. UT has their own network. They have the the Texas Longhorns network, right? You bring that to the SEC, people ain't paying to see TCU versus Texas, but Alabama versus Texas every year, LSU versus Texas every year, and the the low oh missing South Carolina word to my boy Kyle get crazy numbers compared to what the dudes in the Big Twelve get. This is all about money and about setting themselves up to be competitive. So that if they can possibly sneak in, look at AM. AM has been terrible, but they snuck in one time and they never look back. AM is eight and four every year. Every year. One good year, and they're living off of that. You can't do that in the Big 12. But in the SEC. I, I feel like, you know, I, I don't want to step on your point, but I feel like Oklahoma is consistently in the BCS. So, you know what I mean? In, well, in the playoffs. They, they go, always it, it ain't been the BCS for like seven, eight years. So you, know what I'm, you, you know what I'm saying, motherfucker. Like, but they just consistently get the break speed off of them. Tony, please help me out here. So there's only one time in the four-team college playoff that two SEC teams have made it. That's it. Just once. Just to start really? there. Just once. The year Georgia and mm-hmm. Alabama did in 17 and 18. Out mm-hmm. of what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven now. Oklahoma has made it to four of them. So, I mean, Oklahoma's been there, but you got to remember they've had really good quarterbacks. They've had Hurts. They've had Kyler Murray, right? They've been there with their coach. They have Lincoln Riley's a very good coach. So, Oklahoma has a decent program. It's basically been and, the Al- and it's basically been got... the... Go ahead. Go ahead, Sonny. Basically been the Alabama Clemson show where you just sprinkle in a little bit of Florida State to start with, and then you got Ohio State and and Oklahoma with a few other teams here and there, LSU and Georgia. Let me say this real quick. Forgive me. Number one, don't, don't you can't blame shit I say wrong because I I I don't have any brain cells. They're, my brain cells are dying. Number one. Number two, that's not a joke. Number two, I always be forgetting that Clemson is not in the SEC. <laughs> that's. I like it because fair. the AAC or the ACC or the ABCDEFG is Clemson <laughs> and Miami. The one year they good and the one year Florida State want to be it really is Clemson and nobody else. So that's my bad. Again, Mr. Tunney, right? 
Ray Cash wrong. Three times in one show. Well done, sir. Platt? Like Haley's Comet. Oh, fuck off. You see, hey, you see, you got to see it every now and then, right? What a dick. Broken clock. Twice a day. This time it was three times. Yeah, I, I just don't think that... I understand, again, and I'm just reiterating what I've said before. I understand why Texas and, and Oklahoma are making that move. Ray, you bring up some great points. Tony, I want to get you in here, man, and get your thoughts, man. I just don't think this is going to go as well for them as they think it is. Not at all. It's about money, and it's not about winning or losing. It's about money for the program. That's it. That's really all it is. I, college football is a joke. Until they realign and give every conference the fair shake, I don't really have any much else to say about it. Agreed. Agreed. It would be crazy to kind of see how they redline. Do your, do your homework, ladies and gentlemen. How they <laughs> redline these new conferences when they eventually do do that. I'm curious to see how it works. Break cash. They've been redlining conferences for the past 20 years, bro. You know that. You're right, but they never had the money they got now. <laughs> touche, touche. We gonna fuck around and see uh, Wisconsin in the Pac-12. Watch. <laughs> well, the Minnesota Timberwolves are in the Northwest Division. Uh, you know, nobody's leaving the. Nobody's trying to leave the Big Ten. There's a lot of money there as well. You you have a network. You have the Big Ten network. You have the SEC network. There's Facts. a lot of money there. So Facts. there you go. Plus, uh, yeah, Big Ten's got a very good basketball conference to boot. Anyway, gentlemen. A lot of shit today. Does anybody have anything that we maybe didn't touch on or a point you wanted to get across from anything we covered? I thought we had a heck of a show, covered a lot of really great topics, uh, just a wonderful time for sports and Olympics and everything else right now. Ray, anything, any last thought here? Any parting, brief parting shot? Oh, I um, wasn't prepared for a parting shot. Uh, brief, I am looking brief forward. Brief parting shot. Sure, I got you. Look, I'm looking forward to seeing the rhetoric of what happens with these um, training camp um competitions and um next week next weekend is the uh Cyril Gane um Derek Lewis fight Ooh. for the interim heavyweight championship yeah in that's UFC. a bunch of crap and, too Nagano oh yeah it is but whoever whoever wins gets the pleasure to go get the ass beat by the Cameroonian oh. however I'm in that thing I got tickets to it so I will be giving oh. y'all a very good uh pop support yeah. awesome so awesome. shout out to that no parting shot here. I think I said everything I had to say. Platt, why don't you give your parting shot and, and take us home? So I do at some point in time, and maybe I'm sure we will when it gets a little bit closer. I, I do want to talk eventually about the uh, Kobe Covington-Usman rematch. in Is it Madison Square Garden? I believe it's Madison Square Garden. But, I mean, I guess yeah. we got a month and a half. They're hoping for it to be Madison Square Garden. They don't have a place for it because they just named him as the, um, as the challenger. But it's probably going to have to be that fight at MSG. Oh, my God. Yeah. UFC does professional wrestling better than professional wrestling. Shout out to the Olympics. I've really been enjoying it. The three on three basketball is kind of weird, but I, I've really kind of dug the skating and the skateboarding competition. I always love the fencing and it's over now. I think we're we're done. But, you know, four years from now, make sure y'all check out some fencing, man. It's men and women trying to stab each other with swords. What is there not to like about that, okay? that's It's awesome. I've really enjoyed these Olympics. It's been fun, and it's bringing us back to some semblance of normalcy, you know, so shout out to them. That's about all I got, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hope you all enjoyed the show. Mr. Tunney, why don't you let the good folks know where they can find you? 
You can find me at PC Tunny on the Twitter and the Facebook. Continue to listen to everything ChairShot Radio Network, all your favorite streaming platforms. And yeah, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot. Pick up a ChairShot t-shirt, get it in soft style. Your epidermis will thank you. Makes a great gift as well. Before we get to Ray, just real quick, man, I, I also have to throw a shout out to Water Polo. Water Polo is dope as fuck. <laughs> it's basically basketball, but they swim it. How do the, like, water polo is how, dope. How deep is the water so that the horses, for the horses, just how does that work? Shut up, Tunny. <laughs> <laughs> Proverbial clown, Tunny. Shut your ass up. Told you. Mr. Cash, where can they find you, sir? For the record, I forgot I still had to talk. I started eating again. My bad. I'm at Israel Cash. That salad Otherwise, must be really good. See- is fantastic. R-E-Y-Z Mysterio, C-A-S-H, as in dollars. Shout out to Katie Ledecky. Keep getting them goals, girl. Word. And shout out to Women's Beach Volleyball as well. I love the swimming also. Swimming is cool. It's like track and field, but again, they're in water. Swimming is dope. Shout out to the Beach Volleyball as well. That's deep. That's what she said. Oh, or actually, that's probably what he said, referring to she. But y'all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Play. <laughs> but tomato. more importantly, just just to reiterate what uh, my brother, the Commissioner Tunney, said. If you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at the Chair Shot, make sure y'all support the movement by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chair Shot and picking up an official Chair Shot T-shirt. I too recommend the soft style because it's soft and it's in style. So do that. ProPresentees.com forward slash the chair shot. The chair We're not just a website. We're a movement, folks. For co- the commissioner, Mr. PC Tunney, for Mr. Raymond Cash as he's finishing up his scrumptious. Get that meal. salad. Get that salad, Ray Dollars. Get that salad. Try go to Whole Foods and try the uh red wine olive oil. It's a little less fatty than the salad dressing and it tastes delicious. Keep it a buck. I'm just a a, a brother, I won't use the other word I wanted to use, from the hood. I saw my first Whole Foods yesterday. I lost my shit. Expensive as fuck, eh? I didn't even go in. I just oh, saw it. It felt like expensive. it felt like I was I was I was seeing a relic. I didn't know they really existed. I thought they were like people talked about them. I didn't know they were real. So yes, shout out to Whole Foods. Okay, so number one, that means they're gentrifying your neighborhood. Number two, y'all don't know what just happened right here, but in, in our community. Ray literally just played the fuck out of me right now. And you, you can kiss my ass for that. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come on. You did just buy a condo, bro. Come on, dog. I stay in the inner loop. You just bought a condo. I mean. See, this is why we can't get over, man, because we can't stop fighting with each other. For the Commissioner PC Tunney, for my brother Ray Cash, thank you all for tuning in to the latest edition of Three Man Weave. We'll see you back here next week, St. Platt time, St. Platt channel. I'm just fucking with Ray. Until next time, shalom. R.I.P., my man from ZZ Top. And they stay there, and they stay there.
TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Boy, Ray, you are a really salad addition to the shoe today. Good night, everybody. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.